0: Conversations. Random, off-the-cuff discussions on all things paranormal. Welcome to Paranormal Conversations number nine. Kelly, on this episode, Melanie Ramsey joins me, not us, because you weren't able to join us. You had to work late and Melanie had been scheduled for another evening and she had something come up with a client and an emergency room and stuff. So we had to reschedule. And unfortunately, it was during a time that you were working. She is the founder of Military Veterans Paranormal. And people might recognize that name, not only her name, but also the paranormal group because Melanie joined us in 2017 to talk about the old South Pittsburgh Hospital. Yeah, I was super bummed that I couldn't be a part of it, but it turned out fantastic. Well, the listeners loved Melanie when she joined us back in 2017. They're going to love this, too. She is a riot. She says it like it is, doesn't have a big filter. She's a veteran after all, combat medic. So she's seen a lot of stuff. So we have a lot of fun talking about what it is like for maybe somebody who has PTSD to go in and do some of this paranormal investigating, how people get more purpose in their lives by being a part of this group and going into these locations and doing some of the scientific study that they're doing. And they definitely come from a very scientific basis and take what they do very seriously. Very nice. So here we go. Military Veterans Paranormal is an all-veteran-owned and operated paranormal team. They come with the paranormal from a scientific, historic, and military mindset, which is not only unique, but gives them integrity. They've investigated in dozens of places and host a podcast called All Things Considered Paranormal, where they talk about cryptids, UFOs, ghosts, and such. And they just launched season four. Melanie Ramsey is the founder of MVP and is a U.S. Army combat medic veteran. You may recognize her name because she joined us on an episode in 2017 that featured the old South Pittsburgh Hospital. Listeners loved her, so we couldn't resist having her join us again for a paranormal conversation. How are you, Melanie?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Getting fat as ever. Yay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: We all have that problem. It's coming into summer, so I guess now oh, it'll no. be time for us to stop being, you know, add that extra little layer to keep us warm or what have you. Yeah,
1: it's that damn COVID. That COVID, <laughs> wait, you know, I blame them. Use anything, any excuse. Yeah, whole I, I absolutely will. I'll blame gas prices at this at this Yeah. <laughs> <Damn. laughs> Well, why don't I have you go ahead and tell everybody a
0: little bit about yourself? And I know that MVP got started back in 2013. What got you starting that?
1: We used to function under Screaming Eagle Paranormal Society. That's how we kind of branched out. You know, I've been doing, I've been researching the paranormal since 2000, you know, way back when. When I got stationed at Fort Campbell, I met other like-minded weirdos. And so I joined Screaming Eagle Paranormal Society and we just clicked right off the bat because in the military, there's a, we have a certain way of doing things and a certain vernacular and it, you know, there's no butt hurt anywhere. We can just, it is what it is. I decided that, okay, you know What if we did something where it was just solely military, no civilians whatsoever, just the people that work on this team, you're either active duty or you're a confirmed veteran. And then that way we can use the methodology that we kind of use on missions, the way we approach an investigation. And it just worked. It worked really well. We've been doing it ever since. You know what I love
0: about the fact that you are all military veterans, and thank you all for your service. We definitely appreciate it around this house, is that when you hear like a first responder, whether they're a firefighter or a policeman or somebody who's in the military, and they tell you these paranormal stories, ghostly experiences that they may have had, for me, it gives them a little bit more credence because these are people who have a little something to lose because you know, maybe other people in their troop are going to make fun of them or their job performance might be questioned or something like that. So that's one of the things that I really appreciate about you guys, because for you to come out and say, not only have we had some of these experiences, but we're actually going into those shadowy places and seeking it out mm-hmm. gives you that uh, an upper level, I guess.
1: And and we also use different skills that we have been really trained and and have been honed in on in our training so that it's we don't just take anything or anyone for their words we have to see and there's steps that have to be done and there's a lot of documentation involved so I really appreciate my battle buddies and the other people that I've I've worked with over you know all this time just because we're able to balance it all and you know We make fun of each other regardless of what we do. That's just part of the military culture is just that we are inappropriate, obscene, and and just ruthless. So we have fun while we do this. But for a lot of the veterans that have either guest joined us or they're on our team, it's actually given them a sense of purpose once we exit the military because the military for a lot of people, it's not a job. It's a, it's very much a lifestyle because you're not just a a Marine or a soldier or airman, you know, from eight to five, it's a 24 hour thing. And there's a culture involved with that. When you leave that, you sometimes feel lost, especially if you're a combat veteran. It's like, okay, but now what, what purpose do I have before? Because before every single thing had a purpose, it was to prepare you to deploy, to, you know, go into combat or for like me to save lives. And then when you leave, whether it's through retirement or you're just, it's that time, you don't really know what to do. And so for the veterans that are on my team, there's a lot of people that have uh, PTSD, for example. And I have one team member where the only time he can handle silence or sit completely still is when he's investigating. And so it gives them that sense of purpose. Okay, like we're gearing up for this mission where we're getting ready to do this. I can apply my TTPs here or, you know, something. And it kind of reignites that you you transition from that feeling of I'm just existing to I'm living and finding some sort of enjoyment. So it kind of, it blossomed into something bigger than we ever anticipated it.
0: That's really cool. I actually was going to ask you about PTSD because a lot of you have combat experience. And so does that ever seem to affect anybody when you go in somewhere and you have some kind of an experience that may be uh, not necessarily negative, but maybe startling to some people, whether it's being touched or hearing a loud sound or something of that nature. And then the other thing I wanted to ask you is, we have a really good friend who did ghost tours in New Orleans, and now he's up in Gettysburg. And he also was a combat veteran, serves in the fire department and stuff. And he was out on Gettysburg and he had a really moving experience out there because he felt as though whatever soldiers are out there that might be trapped there kind of knew that he was on that same level. Do you ever find that when you go into a place that possibly has uh, some kind of military connection, do the spirits seem to be able to sense that about you? I mean, I'm assuming you guys go in there and kind of announce that that's what you do, but do you feel like they feel some camaraderie
1: with you or anything like that? In answer to the first part of your question, it takes a lot to scare some of us. And then there's others that do have that initial reaction, uh, you know, that trigger reaction where they get startled very easy, but we never go into any location or room for it, you know, to do EVP sessions alone. We always have the buddy system. In the event something occurs or there's a trigger or something else like that. So it's never really hindered our investigations. At the same time, you know, I want people to realize just because somebody is a combat vet and they might have PTSD, they're still regular people, just like everybody else. Some reactions might be a little bit more heightened and others, depending on how they're trained up, it may seem like they're dulled out. We don't really think about it. And I don't want people to, when they You know, our guests and we're doing something jointly. I want them to feel like, okay, you know what? You're not an an it, you're not a a diagnosis, you're not all these things that are wrong. You're here to have fun, you're here to learn, you're here to explore and investigate, as well as use your critical thinking skills. Let's let's think outside the box. And it sort of hits a different switch. Once a mission is in place, then it's just like, we're on mission right now. And so we don't really have to worry about that. We do have safety measures, but never been an issue. As far as the second part, when we're investigating, it all depends on location. And it all depends on what some of us know. Because my team, when we do investigations, not everybody knows where we're going Or the history or background. They find out where we're going when we get there sometimes. I I ask them not to do research. We call it going blind. And that is to remove any sort of bias confirmation. So when we're investigating, unless it's very specific to where I say, okay, this is, you know, this veterans memorial, or this is uh, somehow related to the military, it's not brought up. Had there been locations where it has been brought up? Yes, because it was very central to that location as to why we were there, why we were brought in and we used it to relate. So it's, it's we are getting very raw. For example, we were at one hospital location and it was a, it was a place that was used where it almost like a combat hospital okay and and dealing with loss and tragedy and things like that and so when my investigators were in that room some some of them were just talking normally about their feelings about what how they could understand what it felt like when they lost somebody because they were here or they were deployed there and we seemed to get phenomena you know anomalies that that occurred when we were sharing stories like that. So it's, it's all dependent upon where we go and what we're doing.
0: You guys probably get together with some of your fellow military members, whether they're currently serving or veterans that don't do any kind of paranormal investigating. Do they give you grief when they hear that this is something you guys like to do for fun?
1: Absolutely. (laughs) I would be upset if they didn't, you know, I mean, (laughs) you know, it's like, that's a you know, hello, I'm giving you a gift on a silver platter and you're not going to take advantage of this. When I was active in active duty and I was doing it, I got asked a lot of questions because, you know, things would be put in the newspaper around that time or in a magazine in the area. And lo and behold, there I was. And I remember, what was it? I was walking into, I believe, battalion and I had an, I had an office in there and makeshift ghosts were hanging places. And it was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, here we go. All right, give it to me. You know, but it's just out of fun. And then we do have some that want to share their experiences and or get our take because it's important that people understand we're not full-on enthusiasts right off the bat. Not everything for us is, oh, that's proof of paranormal activity. We, you know, I, I'm one foot in with the skeptics and one foot in with paranormal enthusiasts. It's, it's a balancing act. So not everything, we don't believe that everything, every place we've gone to is haunted or paranormal. So we usually try in, in, in medicine, what you do is when somebody is injured or they're ill, you start whittling down all of these other possible diagnoses. So you, you know, your box shrinks of what it could be. And that's what we do with our investigations. It's okay. We've got this, all of these claims. Let's start looking at these claims. And can this be explained? Yes. Okay. Whittle it down. Can this be explained? Yes. Whittle it down. So we usually get questions all, what do you think this is? Or this is what's happened to me. So it's, it's a hit and miss, but I mean, we give each other grief, you know, <laughs> we make, e- we make fun of each other during the investigations. It's no holds barred. And I think that's one of the things that it should be is, is fun. Yeah.
0: I love watching your videos for just that reason. Cause you guys are razzing each other and hollering oh, yeah. at each other and stuff. It's great. Oh, yeah. This leads perfectly into my next question. Uh, I'm an open-minded skeptic as well. Don't necessarily think just because we had some kind of an unexplained experience in a place that that's, Oh, it's haunted. That's definitely a ghost. For me, when somebody asks me, what is a ghost? I have a variety of theories about what, you know, cause if you're talking about a ghost, this is something unexplained that's going on. So if somebody comes to you and says, what is a ghost? What is a way that you would be defining that? And it can be a multitude of things.
1: Well, obviously, you know, Anybody in the paranormal gets asked this question, you know, what, well, what is a ghost? There's two ways of thinking for some people, a ghost is an embodiment or disembodiment of a spirit, someone who's, who's passed for other people. However, uh, myself included, I don't think it's that simple to me. A ghost is almost an amalgamation of many different Phenomena. And that means that, you know, you may not be able to see it, but you may have audibles. You may be able to hear it. For some other people, it's they can see, they can hear, and they can feel. There is no clear cut definition of what a ghost is. But if you're going to put it in a simplest term, it is the existence of the spirit of someone who's passed that's still in this realm. And that for me is the really hard pill to swallow because I can't, you know, nobody's ever had that Holy grail of a picture of a ghost. So that's why I say it's, it's a bunch of different phenomena put together because even though there are people who can say, well, actually what you experienced is this and this and this, and this, none of which are paranormal. It can still come together. You add all of those things together and you've got this feeling of, I just saw a ghost or I just heard or witnessed ghostly phenomena. So that's why I say, you know, it all depends in the, in the situation.
0: You guys have added a podcast to your repertoire and I've uh, been perusing the different things that you've been covering and you really do cover a little bit of everything. This new season, you've been talking about UFOs and such. And interestingly, I don't know if you did it because we've had a lot of UFO stuff that's been coming out lately. Do you think that there's a reason why all of a sudden the Pentagon is starting to say, yeah, we seem to have people who are getting radiation burns and some of these women are having mysterious pregnancies? They're showing us a lot of military video that is showing uh, these tic-tac type whatever flying things going on. Do you think there's a reason why all of a sudden they're not being so secretive about this
1: stuff? They can't get away with it. It's a big difference. It's a big difference. You know, in 1945, 1950, uh, 60s, 70s, and even the 80s, you can get away with a lot of crap because we're in such an age of technology where we've got these hackers we've got leaks everywhere and everybody has that information and accessibility in the palm of their hand with their phone there's no way around it you know the crap's out of the horse by this point so you just gotta either own it because we're in a much more not just inform technologically savvy society we are also oh i think less gullible We are, well, not everybody, (laughs) you know, I had to stop myself there. Like, no, that's not true. Depends upon what you're talking about. Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, but we got a lot of people saying, you know what, that's not making sense. And we want accountability and look what we've, we've got this and this and this and this, and there's multiple recordings from various places. So, you know, quit lying. So your constituents are saying, you know, (laughs) BS. So yeah, I think that's the reason why with our podcast, our first season was on UFOs. Our second season was on technology, paranormal technology. Our third season was on possessions and exorcisms. And this season, it is, we are sharing from different genres of the paranormal. So we in the beginning, three of us shared our favorite three UFO legends tales. And now like I last our last recording, which will air it, I shared a favorite haunting, you know, and so we have to give it a go. You know, people are, we're going to ask each other those hard questions or things, but we try and have fun in what we do. We're just really raw and uncensored when we go at it. It's just the whole UFO thing that, really threw me for a loop in the very beginning. When the Tic Tac videos came out, it was like, okay, these are naval pilots. This is the, you know, and then you're watching some of the stuff and the testimonies that are coming out. And it's like, these are people who will just pull things out of their butt. These are people who are serious about their careers because that's what's on the line is their careers. And I think it generated Enough, not necessarily concern, but also uh, people are just so enthusiastic about what they saw that the government can't hide anymore behind the curtain that they they had up before. We're just not buying it. I mean, the dirty laundry's out. I was like, quit playing. (laughs) <laughs> uh,
0: I agree. And, you know, we all have these cameras on us constantly since we all have a phone and we have so many videos that come out. And I think people are, are starting. There's just so much information out there. They're starting to believe it more. When you see some of these videos, what do you think we are looking at? Is this like some kind of future technology. You know, I hear stories that the military is years ahead in technology than what they're letting us know. Mm -hmm. We have other countries that might be further ahead, say China or something. Do you think we're looking at something that's more of an earthly thing? Do you think we're looking at something that's spiritual, something that's extraterrestrial?
1: I don't believe it's any, like when I'm looking at what's captured by these naval pilots, I don't think, and the Tic Tac videos, I don't think it's anything spiritual. No, I think it is something very much physical. My initial thought is that there needs to be more information released. And yes, there needs to be more government research done into it rather than dismissed before, where like everything was pretty much dismissed as like a hot air balloon, like, really guy. But okay, we'll just believe that one because this is potential threats to national security. And so it should be at that level of seriousness. If this is something from, say, Russia or North Korea or China, then if they have that sort of technology, my butthole is puckering at this point. It's just I agree. Like, You know, whoa, <laughs> I would say it's something more, more, it would be more probable of it being something extraterrestrial. And the only reason why is because it defies physics. And nothing man-made right now can do these things, you know, for as advanced as our adversaries are, so are we. And if there was something that had that kind of capability, it would for sure, we'd be investing even billions more dollars, you know, we wouldn't have been in a war that we couldn't win in Afghanistan and it lasting 20 some odd years and we we then you know get out with egg on our face we would have won but we don't and then when you're seeing this movement and they're above you know and it's underwater or it's under mass and it is zigzagging in a way that even pilots physicists are all saying that's not humanly possible there is nothing that can do that at some point somebody has to just say okay this is not man-made this is not something we've made and I a part of me does not understand why it is so far-fetched to believe that there are extraterrestrials or the possibility of aliens visiting or uaps visiting our world because let's think about this we're just like a spot just a spot in the universe are humans so egotistical and narcissistic to think we are the only living, conscious, intelligent beings in the entire galaxy, universe, space? That That's just idiotic and that no one would want to visit us. Well, you know, seeing what kind of societies we are now, I wouldn't. I'd be like, oh, these bastards are going to end it. Don't worry. We'll get the resources <laughs> after. But... We go to, and we're exploring space. Who's to say that they, they're not exploring space as well. and, And they've come across us because we would do the same thing. Let's, let's just be real folks. If there were aliens walking around Mars and stuff like that, and they've got all this good, cool stuff, we'd be like, Whoa, okay. Let me see what they got going on here. Okay. They're a little bit archaic, but I do think. I could use all of this <laughs> in my world. So I'm <laughs> just going to figure out how to accomplish all of these things. There's just, I was never a big UFOer before. Still, really not. I, I still go ahead and flog me. I still don't like Star Trek or <laughs> battles. You know, I am not a Star Wars nerd, but it is just mind blowing to me the fact that there are still people that. Don't believe that there is even a possibility of, of alien technology. And it's just like, really? But you believed in Santa Claus at one point. <laughs> exactly. You know, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh,
0: oh, O'Reilly. Auto Parts.
1: We say we want to be challenged. We say we want to hear all sides. But that's not how we act when we seek out podcasts. I'm Mike Pesca, host of The Gist, and I'm crazy enough to think that we are up to the challenge. I challenge myself, I challenge my guests, I invite you in. We'll talk about such issues as masks. I mean, I know they work, but on a population level, the evidence is less than clear. Mass shootings horrible, but they account for less than 1% of all shootings? Do we do ourselves and our society a disservice when we focus on them? These questions and more explored and challenged every day on The Gist, wherever you
0: get your podcasts. Yeah, for me, UFOs have always been kind of on the bottom of the list when it comes to the paranormal. I haven't been real interested, but I have started paying more attention more recently just because we're having so much government saying we're putting this stuff out there so it's like okay now i'm going to start paying attention because there's a reason why you know that this is happening They could be coming here for a variety of reasons. And if they're coming from all different places, they would have all different reasons. You know, are we their zoo that they come to see what's going on over here?
1: We're a train wreck. We are (laughs) an absolute train wreck. We're like the best reality show drama (laughs) ever. So it's, you know, they probably pay money to just say, okay, I want to go watch. I want to go you guys. And, you know, it's like the best date ever. You want to see crazy. Come look at these people. (laughs) (laughs) you know that's us
0: I totally agree
1: but I think that people you know a lot of people in the paranormal or people from the outside looking in they think that the paranormal is just ghosts and hauntings and demons but paranormal means abnormal you know Mm -hmm. it's outside of the normal so you're also you got to take into consideration that's also cryptozoology and ufology and out of all of those things UFOs UAPs are the most logical to actually exist mm-hmm. right now. But I think for paranormal investigators, the reason why it's on the bottom rung of our ladder is because it's not as fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the human psyche, most people, they like the, oh, let's the, the cheap thrills of ghost hunting, where the mind can kind of psych you out to be scared. And then you get that adrenaline rush. It's not like you can really go and set up a UFO investigation. You know, what are you going to do? Your video record, you know, you're going to pull out an audio device and hold it up to the sky and just talk, you know, it doesn't make sense. It's just one of those things where if it happens, it happens. And then it's one of those things where you have to research back, whereas paranormal investigating can be done real time people who search for Bigfoot, you know, God bless you. No judgment. I'm judging, but (laughs) they're, you know, they're out in woods dealing with ticks and mosquitoes and chiggers and, you know, trying to hunt something. So it's one of those things where it's like, look, there's not anything you can really actively do as a regular Joe schmo. So maybe that's why it's on the bottom rung. To me, though, it is most more interesting because of the realism behind it.
0: Yeah, it's it's easier to have more proof, and you don't have to do all these scientific experiments. But as you said, if you have a UFO experience in your lifetime, that's probably it for you. I'm mm-hmm. sure one of these people they keep coming and picking up. So yeah, and it's right. not something that you can actively go out unless you're at Skinwalker Ranch or something. It's not something no, you can actively- don't go there. Don't. Actively go somewhere and have something. You're gonna kill
1: happen. me. You're gonna kill me with that. I, I just, I cannot. My level of, I when I watch some of these things on TV and how far fetched some things get, like the legend of or the Skinwalker Ranch and and things like that, I'm just like, get a big giant hefty bag, take me out back, put me out of my misery, put me in the bag, and just sling <laughs> me because I just can't take it anymore. It's just <laughs> so far fetched, you know. But ancient aliens, you're like, okay, this is ridiculous, but they've got a point. You know, (laughs) you can't help it. You know, you can't help it. You can sit there on your couch and you're like, oh my gosh, this guy, you know, what a joke. I can't believe his hair, but that does kind of make sense. You know,
0: (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I mean, he takes you to a location, and you're like, how did they cut
1: the stones and make them so perfectly? I don't believe in any of this, but if I did, (laughs) hmm, yeah, I didn't think about that. That that does kind of satisfy that little itch I have right on that point. Yeah. But I'm still not, I I still don't want to watch this, but I'm going to just keep it on for a little bit more just in case, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's one of those things. Yep.
0: Well, and speaking of far-fetched and a little out there, I know you guys did an episode on the Warrens. When it comes to Ed and Lorraine, <laughs> oh, I mean, my God,
1: I people. have a feeling
0: you feel the same way I do about them.
1: Man, I must have hit a nerve with some people. <laughs> no surprise there. But yes, we did. And we're actually going to dedicate a season to their individual cases, cool. like one-on-one. But what we did was we looked at them as a collective and who are they? Because people in the paranormal, it's one of two ways. You either revere them and they are like the godfather and godmother of the paranormal, or you're just like, do I look dumb (laughs) kind of thing? And I'm in the second half, you know, and, and I think, you know, I hit a nerve with people because I said, I think that they're hoaxers. I think it was the greatest fraud out of, out of, and there are people who will still buy it, but I do not. And it's only because you have to dig people. You can't just take everything off of Travel Channel and Destination America and Discovery America and just believe it. The Conjuring, great movies, thoroughly enjoyed it. Amityville even kind of liked that movie. But when you start dig- digging and you're like, where's the documentation for this stuff? Oh, wait, that's right. It doesn't exist. And where did you get that from? And then some things it's like, for example, Ed Warren said that they testified and they set precedence with case law because of the, they were able to prove that ghost, that it was demonic activity and a ghost exists. I had so many four letter words come out of my mouth. Just like, (laughs) it was like, are you? No, you didn't. Liar, liar, pants on fire. But you know, it, it, there are some people who, for lack of a better term, they just worship the ground the Warrens walk on. I'm not one of them. I have a team member that does like them and, and he's, he's more apt to believing what they say. I'm not saying that Lorraine Warren was not a nice person. It's, it's not about that. It's just about the level of crap that Mm -hmm. was just piled.
0: Yeah. If I give them any little bit of credence, it would just be maybe in the beginning they, you know, had some paranormal activity and then Ed just kind of went to Ching and started running with it. But I'm sure with your experience, our experiences going into these locations that have some weird stuff going on, for you to run into a demon unless you're Zach Bagans, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it just right? it, it doesn't happen. And then when they talk about some of this demonic activity, it is so over the top,
1: yes, that it's just incredulous. Yes, like if if people listen to that episode that we did, in one case. He regarding a farmer. He stated that he was standing right there, and the farmer's head exploded right in front of him. On an, and I'm just thinking like, oh, okay, for what? did you not think that there are records? How does a man live and continue to tell his story after his head exploded? Yeah. And then some of their documentation, like in the Enfield, he said, this is a picture of the young girl levitating and while she's sleeping. And I'm like, do you not see her eyes? Cause they're open and she's not levitating. She's jumping <laughs> on a bed. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's like, wait, why? Just some of the tales. Now, I do think that, see, when Ed Warren was on ship, and there's some, there's some problems with some of his claims as to not he did serve. um, He was not in World War II. Okay, he did. He was not in any battles. His ship was never sunk. He was not a lone survivor. He did claim that, but. When he was on ship, he admitted that he read uh, a scary tales kind of book, a, a, like that kind of book. And then all of a sudden, when he comes off ship and then he's in the, in a civilian, suddenly he starts feeling like, oh, I I can feel presences. So then he starts... Paint This isn't creepy whatsoever, but let me just post up outside someone's house that I don't know, paint the house. And then my wife's going to tell me there's a demon here. There's a demon there. Now let's go ring the doorbell and ask if we can come inside after we show them. Come on, man. Come on. Very few people that I want to kick in the gooch, but Ed Warren is one of them. <laughs>
0: Well, and I've heard some creepy stuff about him when it comes to young uh, girls and stuff too. So
1: yes, we've got that going on. Yeah, that's good time. You know, (laughs) canceled. Hello, me too. (laughs) In over 20 years, there's very few times that I've had activity where I'm scratching my head like, I can't believe that just happened. Uh And it's what keeps me believing in. Yeah, I do think there is something there. I cannot completely write off the existence or the possible existence of ghosts or spirits or paranormal phenomena because of this handful of times. It's not like you see on TV where it's like a, a drive-through paranormal, you know, every 30 minutes, you're going to get this kind of demonic presence and, oh, you know, and then uh-huh. you walk out and suddenly you've been exorcised. It's, it's not like that or loud clanks and footsteps each time. A lot of times you'll go to these places and you'll be like, well, I could have totally slept. Yeah. No. yeah. I usually tell people paranormal investigating can be boring.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It can be very, you're sitting, I mean, and it's, it's, I can see why people look at us crazy. We're sitting in a room with little to low light, um, talking to ourselves. Exactly. You know, you do sound crazy. Yeah, we do. We sound and, and making up stories where it's it's just like, it is what it is. I, I make it a point to never ask, can you, is there someone here? Can you give us a sign of your presence? that sort of thing. I try and make it as interesting for myself as possible because we're sitting there for like 30 minutes. And when you're close to 50 years old, you know, your bones are weary. Your joints are achy. You know, mm-hmm. so it, it, it's a, it's a huge compromise <laughs> <You know? laughs> getting up from that kind of hard, cold ground takes 30 minutes in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true.
0: It's like, I have to stay overnight where on the floor.
1: I know what? Yeah, like my, my bedtime's little- <laughs> my bedtime's eight right after the family feud. <laughs> is totally awesome. It's
0: like I sit there and go, I, I love it when we can find an investigation that's like starts at six, ends at 11, because I'm like, I'm usually heading off to bed about eight. I've got my little <laughs> sleep number that I could put it whatever I want. Do I want it a little <laughs> more cushy tonight? So, yeah, I, it's hard the older you get to be like, yeah, I'm OK with doing this stuff now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Do you have a favorite piece of equipment? No, I actually do not. I don't subscribe to all of these handy dandy gadgets with all the bells and whistles and lights. If I, if it has all of those things, I usually will say, please don't bring that along. You know, to me, that's just a toy for a cat or a dog. (laughs) Um, because it's a bunch of balderdash. It really is, in in my opinion. All I can think of, it, maybe this is the ages. Man, you spent how much on that? That's that's a water bill, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's crazy. I do like the uh, Tascam recorders because you can add additional microphones that are more sensitive, so that you can get a multi directional. So I do like those, but outside of that. I prefer the mind Mm -hmm. and critical thinking and being able to, and the telephone or email to reach out to experts in a certain subject matter that I can reach out and they can answer questions. But when it comes to equipment outside of your basic task cam, no, and no, please people for the love of everything that is holy, do not use your phones (laughs) <laughs> Don't use the phones. This isn't ghost brothers. Don't use the phones because it, and that's why I like those simple digital audio recorders because mm-hmm. there's just so much less contamination. It's just keep it simple, stupid, you know, yep. just, just hit that record button. That's all you have to do. And everything else, if it's there, it's there. I mean, honestly, if it's there, it's there. If, if you needed a, a roly poly kind of thesaurus dictionary that's just going to spit out words randomly. That doesn't make any sense to me. It's, you know, people have been doing this for a very, very long time. They didn't have any of all that crap. I've seen people who've had more success using tinfoil or baby powder down a hallway. No, this people were doing this before paranormal activity, but they would sprinkle crap down all over the floor because you would see it if it was walking, you would hear it you didn't need a a fancy schmancy sensor to tell you. It's just like, well, look, there it is. If they want to be seen, they'll be seen.
0: Yeah. I always say some of the most profound experiences I've had are things that I can't share. I always say, I don't really care about proving anything to anybody. This has mostly been something I've done for myself Mm -hmm. and I'm satisfied with a lot of the results I'm getting. And yeah, my, my most profound, I can't, I can't share it with somebody because it's just something that happened to me. It was something that I felt. And it's not just, oh, I walked into a place and I felt kind of weird, you know, because I had pizza right. or something. It's, you know, I, right. I felt some kind of static electrical type something and it I could tell it was touching me, you know, something like that. Or I'm yeah. seeing something that you can't get on camera.
1: Exactly. and And when people are like, well, you know, well, I wasn't there. You're right. And I don't have to prove it to you at the end of the day, I'm not trying to prove the existence of ghosts. Mm -hmm. I'm doing something that I enjoy. If it happens, it happens. Just like, let's say if I, you know, you're married, you don't have to prove to me that you love your spouse. And if you do love your spouse, you still can't prove it, but you know, you do you're there. You, you guys experience it. It's the same. It's the same thing when we're investigating this sort of thing. Nine times out of 9.8 times out of 10, you're not going to catch it you're not there there you're i don't even know why people even bother taking cameras cuz guess what you ain't going to take a picture of it, it it's just not going to happen cuz if it would have if you could have it would have already we would have seen it with the cynics it doesn't matter if you had mogwai in your hand they're still not going to believe it yeah you know so so why bother you know we don't have to do anything except stay our color and die. And Michael Jackson even proved that one of those. Is <laughs> you iffy. don't have to do. <laughs> yeah. I ain't gotta do nothing. Yeah. Do you have a
0: dream place that you would like to investigate that you haven't done yet?
1: Yes, the Devil's Playground. It is a campground in North Carolina. Okay. And the reason why is it's. Alleged that you can't stay awake in there. <laughs> You've never met a combat vet with PTSD. Challenge accepted. Just won't take meds. <laughs> Sleep <But> anywhere. <laughs> supposedly, within this cer- certain circle, if you do fall asleep, you will be somehow moved outside of a certain area. So, for some reason, you can't stay within this little circle first off, I love camping. And secondly, just the challenge of that to be able to say, okay, one day, one night, ha, I did stay awake. And then the second night, okay, let's everybody go to sleep. And let's see if we're all in the same spot in the morning and have the cameras up. That is dream place that I would really like to, it's, it's simple. As far as the big places. You know, I know that some people are like, Oh, Waverly Hills or things like that. I don't, I would say no, a lot of those big places. I like the places that very few people know about or have been because they're not tainted. Yep. I agree. Like the Nashville state penitentiary, Nashville state. No, the college doesn't have a, a, a a jail, but Nashville's old prison. Uh They won't let anybody investigate there or even step foot in there. I would love to. I think prisons like that, there, there's trauma, there's tragedy, there's anger, there's strife. And that, in, that to me, intrigues me mm-hmm. as to what the responses would be when you've got people who go to, I don't like the big pay-to-plays. I think they've just been so badly contaminated that yep. it's just a waste of time, you know? So...
0: That's how we are. Our favorite locations are these small old county jails, you know, that's that had the warden lived there and there's just a few cells there and we have gotten such great interactions there. They don't get visited hardly ever. Yeah, totally agree. When you go to some of the bigger places, not only do I think it's contaminated, but you don't know what's even in there now. It's have, have people brought attachments with them. Have they conjured things? It's just it, it doesn't help you to learn. Cause for me, the most important thing is the his, historical significance of this place. And if you've got that kind of contamination going on, you have no idea what the history exactly. is or have any way to use what you're getting for evidence to back up any of the historical.
1: And that's things. how I feel too. And I, and maybe that's because we're both history nerds. Yeah. Um, it, to me it's, that is what makes in a place so alluring is what is the real not what you see on the internet and on you know everybody's you know paranormal team's page but what is the real history behind here so let me ask these questions that i am really curious about pertaining to this history and i want to know well you know what are your thoughts how did you feel about during that time period you know let's say prohibition was going on did you agree with that Mm. not you know outside of that to see with what the thoughts are there. I think when they become these big pay to play places, you don't know what they've set up to, you know, just around there. I'm almost everywhere has their own cameras and and speaker systems. So that's contamination. You don't know what other people have brought in there. So you can't really ask these questions anymore because the responses, if you get one may or may not be from that period. It's, you know, it's something that someone else brought with them. So I think the little, small, tiny places, the obscure places are what I find intriguing.
0: Now, Melanie, why don't you go ahead and share with the listeners where they can find out more about MVP?
1: We still have our website, uh, militaryveteransparanormal.com, but we're about to revamp it for the first time in like five years. Yeah. I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm really on top of things. (laughs) (laughs) We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram and you can check our, out our podcast, uh, military veterans paranormal. It's our podcast called all things considered paranormal. Um, we're on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, things like just look for us. We're, we're just like that creepy uncle we're around, you know? (laughs) You just got <laughs> <you know. laughs> can't get rid of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: thank you so much for joining us. I greatly appreciate it.
1: Oh, I love your show. I still listen to it.
0: Thank you. You're All welcome, right. Kelly. That was a great interview. And Melanie's going to be joining us in a couple of weeks when we do and Manor because this is a place that they've gone in and investigated a lot, and she's going to tell us about that. And they have a very chilling evp that they caught there looking forward to it yeah it's enough that i i might not want to go in and investigate that place I want to thank you guys for joining us for this paranormal conversation i've been your host diane and this has not been kelly <laughs> you take care now <laughs> Bye bye